You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with Ian Brown, our MLB.com Red Sox reporter. Another Red Sox podcast. And, Ian, winter weekend was last weekend at Foxwoods, and you made the trip to Connecticut for it. And, um, obviously, lots of players, lots of uh, front office people around to talk, and we got a lot of sound from those guys. So we'll work through some of the major storylines that are going on, and we'll hear from some of those people. Uh, Obviously, the big story still going on with the Red Sox is will they or won't they Coming to an agreement with J.D. Martinez. First, it was reportedly five years, 100 million, then reportedly five years, 125. And it seems to just kind of be sailing along here as we get closer and closer to spring training. Tom Werner, uh, obviously one of the owners of the Red Sox, weighed in during uh, winter weekend about the J.D. Martinez situation. Let's hear from him. I can only talk about the Red Sox. Uh, we, we are in active negotiations with the uh, uh, J.D. Martinez, people know about that. Um, it takes two to, to make a deal. Um, I can only speak for the Red Sox. We're going to have, we will most definitely have the highest payroll that uh, we've ever had. And, you know, other teams have to make their own decisions. But uh, we expect to be competitive and we expect to improve from our team last year. You know, Dave Tombrowski has been talking to a lot of uh, other general managers. Uh, we had a, a, a very good team last year. We won 93 games. We have nothing to be ashamed of. We expect to improve, and I would hope we'd improve with a, uh, a big bat in the middle of the lineup, but there are also other ways to improve. Uh, we're hopeful to make a deal, but uh, it, as, as I've said, it takes two people to make that deal. So, Ian, we hear from Warner there, and it's just the same thing we continue to hear. Um, if you had to make a call now, would you say that this still eventually gets done? <laughs> I think so, but, uh, you know, somebody's got to blame. This is the ultimate staring contest. I don't think I've ever seen one or covered one that's gone on uh, this long. So who is going to blink first here? And, uh, you know, what, what's this final deal going to be? Will he sign for five years? It seems like the Red Sox don't want to go five years. You know, in that same interview, Tom Warner kind of referenced how, uh, you know, all the studies about how hitters in their 30s, you know, they start to uh, not produce as much in their mid to late 30s. So, you know, it's obvious. You know, where those comments were coming from and the purpose of those those comments right there. So uh, yeah, it's just kind of uh, you know it's just kind of interesting here that uh, you know here we are, you know, just a, a couple of weeks from spring training now, still uh, nothing doing here. Yeah, and Mike Petriello actually did a story about players around J.D. Martinez's age and what happens to them when they sign deals like this. He was kind of comparing similar players over time and what's happened. And really the first three years of those deals turn out to be very good, and then things start to get shaky and then bad after the five-year mark. So those numbers would certainly back up what the Red Sox think. That being said, sometimes you have to give that extra year in order to get a deal done. We'll see if that ends up happening uh, for the Red Sox. The good news, I guess, for the Red Sox or Red Sox fans is if a team can afford to have a bad contract, the Red Sox are one of those teams that can certainly do it in the long haul and kind of deal with that. All right, Hanley Ramirez obviously suffered through plenty of injuries in 2017. It was obvious watching him hit that it was a down year, and a lot of that was because of what he was dealing with. He is reportedly healthy now, ready to go, and he spoke about the challenges that he's facing heading into 2018 and, and just being a big part of this team and trying to be in the lineup every day with other players being added, possibly, obviously, J.D. Martinez being one of those. So let's hear from Hanley. Right shoulder feeling good. You know, I've been throwing, hitting, so everything is ready to go. Should be ready to go from the first day, uh, from the day one, you know, so throwing. 
I've been throwing long toss, so, you know. We can be a world champ. Yeah. 2018, that's the goal. We just got to, you know, stay healthy. I think we got one of the best in the big league, you know, by name. I think we've got to do work on the field, you know, see the Astros. That's why they do work on the field, not big names, you know. They do have a couple big names, you know, but they, they know how to get the job done on the field. That's what we got to do. No, you just gotta hit if you hit, you're gonna play. <laughs> it don't matter. <laughs> That's all you gotta do, you gotta produce. You know, if we can get him, it's just gonna be a shoot for us, you know. Have a hand in the middle lineup. You know, but uh, I know I know I can hit and I'm gonna hit. It's not gonna affect me, you know. <laughs> so, you just gotta, um, you know, be a good teammate and, and, and be ready to go whatever they need you to. Have you had the yeah. chance to talk with Alex very much? Yep, we've been talking, you know, trying to have all the, the team and, Everybody, you know, and he just trying to get to know everybody, personality, and, and, and you know, and what he need to know to to have a good communication with the players, and uh, he's doing a pretty good job. What else did you take from Hanley, Ian? Obviously, he he talked a little more than that one bite that we played there, but it seems like this is a guy that right now in the off season is confident. Yeah, no, he feels very good about where he's at physically. Uh, you know, he looks like he's in better shape uh, than he was last year. It kind of looks more like he did two years ago when he came in and had a great year. So uh, Hamley's a guy, let's face it, he's a guy who needs to get motivated every now and then. And, uh, you know, right now I think he is motivated. I think Alex Cora is trying to motivate him. And I think that, you know, this is Hamley. Could be the last year of his contract here. He has that, uh, you know, that option that would kick in if he got like 503 uh, playing appearances, something like that. So, you know, he's, he's driven right now, and that's a good thing. And just hope that uh, he carries that with him uh, into the season, has a big year, because he's very important to them, especially if they don't get um, a J.D. Martinez. You really need him. At that point, you really need him to have a big year. Nobody is more important to this team probably than Chris Sale and what he can do every fifth day, obviously. He is the, right now, obviously one of the premier pitchers in the game. Um, But what's been neat to see is the fact that he has been willing to take a younger pitcher under his wing, and that being Jay Groom, a player that was a first-round pick, obviously, for the Red Sox um, a year, uh, two years ago, I think now. And Groom is a guy that... Uh, battled some things, some demons off the field before draft day. It allowed him to slip to the Red Sox. Um, since joining the Red Sox, he's been good, and he's going to be one of the top 100 prospects as far as baseball goes and MLB pipeline. Groom has all the skills. He's just got to harness them. Let's hear from Chris Sale talking about what he's been able to work on with Jay Groom. It's fun to see. You know, he's he's young, and he's, you know, this is kind of his first, first go at it. He's, he's got everything all the tools you could possibly ask for. I mean, that guy's an animal. Obviously, having the similarities, being pitchers, being left-handed. Like I said, you know, he's young, and, uh, you know, being able to kind of show him what, you know, platform and, you know, just what kind of what it takes, you know, the work that goes in. Um, You can't just roll out of bed and expect to, to go out and be, you know, effective. So all the talent in the world. I mean, kid's been throwing 98 since he was 14, so... Uh, he's got all the tools, you know, like I said, I'm not reconstructing this guy, you know, I'm just working out with him and, you know, picking his brain a little bit and uh, just trying to maximize his, his potential. It's convenient, Ian, that these two guys are kind of near each other in the off season. Groom is obviously a guy that he was from New Jersey, but he's not living in New Jersey right now. And uh, he's got all the tools, as Chris Sale said, it's just a matter of putting it all together. Yeah, exactly. Look, I think it's really great that uh, Chris Sale is taking time, um, 
out of his schedule here to really work with this kid and really take him under his wing. Uh, Chris lives in, in Naples in the offseason. We heard that uh, that Groom was moving down there to be near the team's spring training base. Uh, Sale jumped on that. He said, I want to I work with this kid. So to me, that, uh, that means a couple things. Not only how much he cares about his teammates, but maybe Sale is thinking about the Red Sox beyond these two years that he's left on his contract. Maybe um, he's really thinking about wanting to stay in Boston if he's that invested in trying to help uh, you know, the prospects of the future out like this. I thought that was uh, you know, a very good sign. Yeah, because Groom won't be making up to Boston in the next two years. So if those two are going to be on the same staff, Sale would have to uh, be agreeing to sticking around a little bit longer than that initial contract he has with Boston. One more thing I wanted to get with you, Ian, is another young player. The top ten prospect position lists have been coming out for MLB Pipeline. And the third base list is out this week. Mike Chavis ranking fourth among the top ten third base prospects in the game he's also the Red Sox overall number two ranked prospect here's another guy that was a high pick he was a first rounder for the Red Sox out of the high school ranks as well Uh, initially a shortstop they quickly moved him to third base and it took a little while for him to adjust but boy a big year a year ago as he hit 31 homers total making it to double a he also played in the Arizona Fall League and it seems like after a slow start to his pro career he is really getting things in gear yeah, and I, you know, I had a chance to talk to this kid at the, the uh, rookie camp about a week ago, and he's just kind of beaming with confidence right now. He just had that, that breakout year last year and just really figured a lot of things out uh, on the mental side of the game as far as um, how to attack pitchers, how to you know adjust when they adjust to you, and uh, just looked at the, the transformation he made from 2016 to 2017, and it's off the charts, really, and he sort of looks like the next, uh, you know, we've seen Benintendi endeavors kind of come through the farm system the last two years, to make an impact, and Shavis kind of looks like you know he, he's next in line here. <laughs> you know they've done very well position players, not as well pit, pit, pitchers in their pipeline, uh, but yeah, he uh, Shavis has a big bat that would certainly seem to play well in, in Fenway Park. Yeah, he has all over the field power, and one thing that would be interesting, I think, is obviously. Uh, Chavis playing third base on his way up. There is that guy named Rafael Devers that seems like he's going to be locked into that position for a little bit. So then you look around the infield. Is there a better chance that maybe Chavis eventually can find some time at second base as Dustin Pedroia's career gets closer and closer to the end? Uh, I know Chavis is maybe not your prototype second baseman when you look at the frame and everything, but is there any thought that he can play over on that side? Yeah, it doesn't look like a second baseman to me, quite honestly. He looks more like a corner guy, and I think um, you know, first base is a position that would That's make a lot point. more sense for him. And uh, He has been working out of first base. He plays the first base in the Arizona Fall League. He's going to play some more first uh, this winter, or this spring, I should say, and into the minor league season. So I'd say uh, if he goes off third base, I'd say probably be the to play first at the stage. And obviously there's a uh, quickly approaching opening over there as well, although the team does have some other young first basemen. So it's good to have an abundance of talent, but obviously Mitch Moreland on another one-year deal. So it would be interesting to see what happens in a year and, and going forward over at first base. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Red Sox edition. For Ian Brown, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time.